Hello, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. My name is Casey Ruff from Boundless Body LLC, and I am the host of Boundless Body Radio. Before October of 2020, I was not a podcaster. Now, I have recorded hundreds of episodes featuring incredible guests, created tons of helpful content, and have consistently generated thousands of downloads every month since I began. I'm just a regular dude trying to share our message, and now I'm ready to show you my process, my successes and failures, and everything I've learned along the way to help you start your own podcast. Together, we'll explore the entire process of having a podcasting idea and take it all the way to publishing your first episode and explore all the steps in between. Then, I'll give you all the tools that you will need so you can record as many episodes that you want to release after that. Podcasting is one of the most enriching skills I've ever added to my life, and I've learned a ton by talking with some of my heroes and sharing it with anyone who wants to join us on our journey. So, sit back, grab a notebook, take some notes, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hello, hello. This is Casey Ruff, and welcome to episode 17 of season two. Today, we are speaking with W. Miles Riley. Miles is the co-host of the Evolve podcast, alongside former guest and co-host Steve Cutler. Evolve has seen great success and has been downloaded in over 30 countries in just over a year. I have also been a former guest on the Evolve podcast more than once, and it was an absolute honor to appear on their show. Miles, welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. It is an honor to be here with my man, Casey Ruff. My man, we go back. This is not our first time meeting each other. We got back. How does somebody who has spent their entire life in New York City somehow end up in Salt Lake City, Utah? Yeah, and and after that, Oberlin, the small town of Oberlin, Ohio. (laughs) How does that happen? Um, You know, it's, it's funny because... All during the week, you know, when you when you texted me and said you wanted to do this, you know, I kept thinking, what do I, what, 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 what does he want to talk about? What do I want to talk about? What do I want to convey? What is there a, is there a central thing that I can hang, you know, my life onto? What, what? And I came up with, I have lived this crazy life of improvisation. And when I was a back in the day, I was a. Um, from 17 to about 25, I was a pretty awful stand-up comic, but I loved stand-up comedy. I loved going on stage. I, and, and, and it was funny because the last year that I quit stand-up comedy was the year I was starting to get better. But I didn't recognize it because the bruising of the prior four years was so bad <laughs> that I didn't recognize that I was making, I was getting better at it. So I just walked away from it. But um, it was when when I did it, I also took a comedy class and there's a, and, and I'll bring this full circle to answer your question. Um, there was a guy named Marty Friedberg who taught improvisation. And he said, when you're doing an improv, the minute you say no, you've killed the improv. He said, if you say yes, and there's a myriad amount of ways to say yes, the, the improv goes on and on. And I've always thought about that with like my whole life. Don't say no. When people come to you, don't say no. So, you know, I did all kinds of stuff in New York City. You know, I worked on a TV show, Law and Order. I spent 21 years working in theater. I spent many years bouncing in nightclubs, managing nightclubs. Um, been married twice. And how I got to Salt Lake City was my second wife, 
her and I were doing our thing in New York City. I was with the jazz band hanging out and she wanted um, she was a dancer choreographer and she wanted to create more stability in our relationship because, you know, the life of artists, you know, you can make a ton of money. You can make little money, always struggling. And she wanted to get her master's. And a good friend of ours said that the University of Utah has a great uh, MFA program for modern dance and choreography. And so she asked me, she said, would you be willing to, you know, if I tried to get in, would you go to Utah with me? And as because of my comedy background in improv, I said, yes. <laughs> and we packed up, um, didn't know a thing about Salt Lake City. The only thing I knew about Salt Lake City was that the Bulls played the jazz. No, don't. Too soon. Too soon. Don't talk too about soon? that. Too soon. That was 98. That's way too soon. It's fresh. <laughs> it's fresh. He pushed off. God damn it. Michael Jordan pushed uh, off. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but, you know, it, that's the only thing I knew about Utah. You know, obviously, I I, I I knew the name Mormons, but I had never done a deep dive. Um, my closest experience with Mormons was there's a, a train station in New York City. It's in one of the worst fucking neighborhoods. But you're safe in the train station. But once you get out of the train station, like, you could lose your life. <laughs> Broadway Junction, East New York. And when you're traveling from uh, the, um, Brooklyn to Queens, you know, that's the, 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 the big station. Anyway, every couple of years, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir would be. <laughs> <laughs> so you got like the roughest people walking around through the train station and all of a sudden you hear these angelic voices <laughs> singing, giving out CDs. Wow. So that's what I knew of Mormons, the, the Tabernacle Choir, the, the you know, I'll, I'll, actually, I'll, I'll teach you this. You'll have some fun. You know, when, when you're doing Shakespeare and you're doing the play Macbeth in the theater, you're not supposed to say the name of the play. Huh. So you just say the play that shall not be named. Just like some ah. kind of, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, superstition? Superstition. Yeah, interesting. Yes. Huh. Yes. So what we will do, you and I will do, we'll say, um, <clears throat> the the game we shall not name. <laughs> uh, but uh, that that's how I got to Salt Lake City, man. Is, um, she came to me one day and she said, the program is for three years. And would you want to be willing to move with me to Salt Lake City? And, and I said, I didn't blink. You know, I said, yeah, let's let's do it. But literally just dropped in on Salt Lake. I remember August 4th, 2011, dropped in. Um, and was just totally struck by the mountains. Yeah. And that was the next day. Actually, actually, what happened was, oh, because I remember we dropped in at about 12 o'clock at night, so you couldn't see anything. And we stayed in some hotel in Murray. And then woke up the next morning, went down, had breakfast, walked outside, and I had never seen anything like that, except in movies. Wow. And what I loved is the mountain that was so close. It was a beautiful, it was, I said it was August 4th. It was stunning. And I was hooked. Yeah. I was hooked. That's amazing. On Utah when I got there. Every yeah. single morning. I, I don't miss a day. I don't miss a day. 
Um, every single morning I get a walk outside. I always watch the sunrise and I always see it coming up over the mountains to the east, the Wasatch mountains. And it never ceases to make me just sit there in awe. And all of this to say, like, if you're thinking about moving to Salt Lake, go to Denver. Denver has mountains too. We're getting way too crowded. It's growing a lot here. You need to go to Denver or some other place because (laughs) it is absolutely gorgeous here. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting more popular, but, um, (laughs) we digress. Yeah, there's a there's a place. Um, uh, so I lived on South Temple, um, up in the 800 area. So I lived there, which was obviously you know right next to the avenues. And there was a I forgot which street it was where you could drive straight up the avenues, and it would take you to the top of a mountain. But at this mountain, there was a, a park bench you could just sit on it. And if you went up early enough, and you sat there, the sun would come up over the mountain, but what was fascinating was watching the shadow in the valley move mm, as yeah. the sun. So as the sun would be coming up, the shadow would be receding. Amazing. And if you if, if you sat still enough, you would watch the line. And it was stunning. Yeah. It was stunning. Oh, I, it, was just a, it is an amazing, amazing place to live. And that's I had... Amazing. You know, obviously three three years in, four years in, we got a divorce. She got the job here in Ohio. She moved and I wanted to stay an extra four years just because I had never been alone that, you know, ever. So I wanted to stay the extra four years, which was phenomenal. You know that. You totally. know, I had a I had a great time at Utah. Totally. I loved Utah. No, and, and you and I hit it off from the very beginning. I remember day one meeting you and like, yeah. this is my brother. Like, I know this guy. And, you know, you and, yeah. you and Steve also hit it off great. The three of us did our, you know, book club that I argue was probably more of a wine club with a book problem than it was a book club with a wine problem. Um, <laughs> and we've always, we've always been able to tackle interesting topics. And we haven't agreed on yeah. everything all the time, but we can respectfully have right. these conversations. And when you guys started the Evolve podcast, it's been interesting to watch exactly that your evolution and you're somebody who's used to being in front of a microphone you're used to being in front of a crowd you're used to doing all kinds of different media whether it's stand up or performing you know piano whatever it is i would just love to hear your your kind of experience with podcasting, what things did you start out thinking when, when, you know, Steve approached you with the idea, did you want to do it and what things have you learned along the way? Well, first, um, one of the cool things about um, Steve, you, um, and a couple other people, when when uh, all the protests were breaking out, um, people would call me and just they wanted to get a take on it. It was like you know, Steve literally said, "I don't know what to do." Steve, I don't you know what, what in all this. I don't know what to do, and that's we came up with the old idea of um, you know, I told him I said. You, you don't have to send money to organizations, isn't that? And I said, one of the things that we're missing in all this race stuff is the white Martin Luther King, the white person that's willing to go out and stand up and say, we got to stop this shit. We got like, and, and be as passionate about it as was Martin Luther King. And, and, and so I told Steve, I said, you know, I brought that up and then he loved that idea, but then I whittled it down to, more intimate um, contact with people who are racist, right? You know, like, just like I do for people who are homophobic, um, men who are misogynist. You know, if I run into a man who's a misogynist and he says something, like, I have a conversation with him and I argue with him. And, you know, it's almost like I'm a, 
I'm I'm a, a a scout for women's movement, LGBTQ movements, and things like that. Now I don't try to beat people over the head, but I will call them on their shit when they're spewing nonsense. So anyway, that started. I told Steve and I would have these conversations about that, and then he came up with the idea with the podcast. He said we should do a podcast together, and one of the things I've always looked for is what profession would allow me would have like um, for all the, the, the a profession that would um, give me the breadth and scope of all my experiences. You know, even when looking for jobs, I, you know, jobs are very narrowing and I was always looking for the expansive job. What, what would it be that I could sit there and bring all my experiences to this one profession. And I've been playing with that for a while. And when Steve called me up and said, let's do a podcast, I literally jumped all over it. I said, this is perfect because mm-hmm. we talked to a bunch of different people about a bunch of different topics. Um, and even if I'm not familiar with the topic, it means that I got to go do a little research on the topic. It just sends me down tremendous rabbit holes and to talk to people. And we have not had a guest that at the end of the podcast, um, when the lights go down, I sit there and, 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 and had not been affected by a particular guest. Like yeah. I'm affected by all our guests, mm. you know, that's amazing. I recall. So I never miss an episode. Evolve is one of the maybe five or six podcasts that I have on my phone that downloads every single episode. So I listen to all of them. I don't miss an episode. And I remember the one in particular that you guys did with the former mayor of Las Vegas. And I thought, okay, I don't know this guy. I don't live in Las Vegas. I don't oh, yeah. give two shits about politics. I'm not going to care at all about this topic. And that was one of the most fascinating and engaging conversations that I've ever heard. And, and honestly, yeah. like probably top 10 of any any podcast I've ever listened to. And you guys are so good with that. Um, I really wanted to talk to you in particular because you're going to have a really unique perspective. We've already talked to Steve and talked about the process. I was the one that was maybe kind of helping him along in the very beginning about what equipment to do, what software programs you need to do. We met in a cafe locally and I, I was able to show him some of those things. And so when I look at Steve, I look at him as he's kind of, I don't know if leader's the right word or like he's the one that's kind of doing it. And then you as the co-host are there and you're contributing a lot also, but it's, it's more like the, the, the color commentator or something. Can you, can you talk about what that role it would, first of all, would you agree? Or am I talking out of my ass? (laughs) And second of all, how, how does that change the way you approach these conversations and how you see your role in creating interesting, um, podcast episodes? Well, well, again, so this kind of goes back to the whole idea of looking for a profession um, or something to do that addresses my experiences in, in, in my entire life. Um, when, when I was training in for lifetime, there was something about sitting down with people and doing assessments and selling health, um, health and fitness um, instruments and trying to figure out how to connect with people outside of what I'm selling because that connection um, would increase, like you would build a bond with somebody and by building a bond, they would trust you. And I found that I had all of these, I had done so much stuff that I had this, these commonalities, no matter what, you know, I'm sitting there, you know, I, I've traveled, I got a kid, I've done this, I've done that. Um, I've played with so many things 
that it just it just gave me this 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 it's almost as if I can go into any situation and talk with people and 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 as I'm talking with them listening to them and then creating questions and ideas based on the conversation because the things they're saying to me are triggering things that I've done and 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 I can add to almost any particular situation. So you're right, Steve, it's like I'm the color analysis and Steve is the play-by-play guy. And so you're right there. I you're not talking out of your ass. It's coming out of your mouth, it's fine. <laughs> that's um, rare. I always I need listen. to check cuz that's rare. <laughs> <laughs> I listen in, intensely what Steve is talking about where where he's navigating each guest and luckily fortunately he hasn't navigated me to some cliff and dropped me off where I feel like I have no idea how to contribute <laughs> with this person <laughs> you know uh, and and a lot of it has to do with I will play with anything mm. I will play with anything I will go look up stuff I will there's there is no realm that I'm afraid to go into. And sometimes, you know, like even when I when I woke up this morning, I looked at five different videos. One was about stoicism. Um, another one is about cooking stuff. Like, there's no place I won't go to forage to just change perspective. Like, I, I always want to change perspective. How am I looking at something, and how can I look at it um, in 180 degrees? Like that perspective. How do I how do I turn it inside out? And like an improvisation, it just takes you, it, it allows you to, once you, you're really familiar with something, you start to play. Perfect example, today I made this um, blackberry, raspberry, blueberry cobbler, and I'm cooking it up. Oh. And then I just thought, huh, what if I add lemon zest? I had this recipe, I said, but I want lemon zest and a little lemon juice, cinnamon and nutmeg. And as I'm cooking it, looking at the recipe, my brain is firing like, oh, this, let me add this. Let me do that. And it started off as just a blueberry cobbler. But I started adding things because that's my nature now. It's to just look at something and say, what can I add? What can I take away? How do I flip it? How do I turn it inside out? And then how do I, um, I call it the theory of cross-pollination. That's looking at one thing and seeing how it fits over here. Mm. And you learn that playing piano of trying to, you know, how do I take a classical piece of music and what would it sound like if I turned it into jazz? And even if I fuck it all up, something has happened. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. That's exactly what I was thinking of, honestly, as you've been talking, is how, how related this all is to jazz music, how you're playing off of something and you know, I, I would argue that probably no two jazz songs have ever been played exactly the same ever. Like there's always some type of improv. Right. It can be really right. um, obvious or it can be extremely subtle and in different right. ways and moods and all those things can kind of approach. And I've noticed that um, in your journey with podcasting in particular, 
I feel like you were always good at this, but I do feel like you've gotten better at this. Being able to say the right combination of things that gives the listener a different perspective, but also melds with the conversation. Can you maybe, for somebody who is also like thinking about getting into a podcast or thinking about pairing up as a team with somebody else, can you think about what things are you thinking of that you want to introduce to the the audience that is alongside where the conversation is going, but can, can, can push it in a different direction or show a different perspective. Well, you know, it's funny because it's like an iceberg. Um, you know, we get to see the tip of icebergs, but a lot of times those tips were formed, all right, formed by the base. And we look and we look at the base and the base is probably composed of many different things. And I, th- I think people's experiences, it's like, let's see if I can tie this together, because I've been playing with this whole idea of, you know, you know how you have, you might have friends who always say, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust people. And one day I had taken a few edibles and I was just sitting around thinking, that's an interesting phrase. Somebody says they don't trust people. And I started to think of the nuances of the idea of trust. Now, let's say you were one of those people. I'm Casey Rupp. I don't trust anybody. And yet you're sitting in that room that was made by men and women that you have to trust that that structure is not going to collapse. You have to trust the people that made the equipment. You have to trust the, the road that the, the house that you live in, the road that was paved to get there. You get on a plane. We trust so much and we don't even know it. But all the to get back to your point, all the things that we trust are so wildly varied. And those are the things that bring us all the things that you think you don't trust have brought us to this one moment. And there we are. So I think a lot of times what I try to do is bring up. If somebody's talking about, say, psychology, I try to bring an element of science, philosophy, politics, social things, artistic things to that conversation. So sometimes it gives people an, an it allows it illuminates something that a particular guest has said. So it illuminates it. The guest sees the illumination based on what I've said, and then they can connect it to their own um, trajectory of how they got to somewhere. But it has this added light, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So it's like I try to bring another thing that a guest might not connect to what they're doing or they haven't seen it. And then I'll bring it up and they'll say, yes, Miles, that is what I'm talking about because it, it fits. So they're all the things that are ancillary that are constellated around any one topic could be many different things. And you shine a light on it and allow the guest to see it. And then the guest can add it to whatever it is, whatever particular topic a guest is talking about, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely does. I, I get annoyed 
when I'm listening to podcasts, you know, some of the, the ones I'm doing my research for, you know, Boundless Body Radio, and we're vetting our guests, and we're, we're studying their topics and whatever, I get really annoyed with a few things. And one is when the host is talking more than the guest is. That drives me bananas. Right. I hate that. And the second right. thing that I, I hate is when you're the, the, the host is asking the same questions almost in the exact same way that has been asked on every podcast that person's been on. And there's no right. uniqueness. And I've always wanted to make that part of my goal is I want to make something that you are proud of, that this has not ever been created. I'm, I, I dug right. a little bit deeper to find something that you did that I really want to highlight and, and covered in a different angle. And I, I, I love that shit. And it yeah. annoys me when people don't do that. And you have a real talent of finding that. And all of that to say, I, I want to know, how do you ride the line between doing research on your guest and, you know, maybe formulating questions that you want to ask that person? Do you, are, are, do you prepare maybe one or two questions that you would like to ask? Or is it pure improv for you once you've done the research and the work and understand the topic? Is it is it pure in the moment conversation? Well, it's not pure in the moment, and it, and I'll, I'll I'll take this back to when you brought up jazz, which is fascinating about jazz. Um, fundamentally, jazz is European harmonies and African rhythms. The European harmonies are the foundation. It allows so when you said um, every time you listen to a jazz piece, if you go to live jazz shows. They'll play a particular song that you know, but every single jazz show, the improvisation is going to be different. There'll be some some structural differences, but the foundation, you'll recognize the song. Right. So when when I use that same technique with guests, I look for some questions or some questions will be made manifest. You know, sometimes, you know how it is, things just pop. It's like, oh, I would really love to explore that. But once I realize it's something that I want to explore and I write it down as a sentence, I try to let it go. Just let it let it go. I, I, I kind of, I get the germ of it and I kind of hope and pray that it comes back in a whole nother form, maybe looked at through a whole nother light but it's the same sentence. But, you know, to put it simplistically, maybe the grammar or the syntax has changed to create an even better question. And so far, that has worked. I've had a couple of um, times where, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it comes back in some mangled way and I don't recognize it. And I'll have to go back to the initial question. But for the most part, I do the research because research is like, looking at, um, and I'm sure you you could truly relate to this, research is like learning a recipe. And then as you're cooking, you realize, okay, I got the foundation of this, but I'm going to fucking add some turmeric. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't call for turmeric, you know, but I'm going to put some in there. I'm going to put some ginger in there. I'm, I'm not going to use this. I'm going to use that. And And that's where, that's what this is. You know, there's a little bit of a foundation um, because when I was doing stand-up comedy, that was the mistake I made. I used to go on stage and improvise all the time. I would go out and live life, and then hopefully all that life would go in me, and I'd go stand on stage and start talking to people. And a few times it worked. Many times it didn't. But club owners used to say, Miles, you got to create like a solid 
15 minutes because if your improvisations are not working, you can fall back on those. And I never gave heed to that. I never listened to it. I would always improvise. And I had shows that were pretty brilliant, but I also had shows that were pretty fucking horrible, you know, because (laughs) I didn't have that, like, that foundation and I never listened to it. Well, as I got older, there were some things, like when I started playing jazz piano, it was like, okay, these are the foundational things. This is the place where I can let go a little bit. Um, And I tend to use that now in the podcasting because Steve is really good at crafting really specific, detailed, pointed questions. So he he's my he he's my jazz foundation. He's he he's the rhythm section. And and I know he has that and he does that really well. Which means that Steve actually allows me, because he's so pointed and direct in what he's asking, he allows me to dance all around that. I can look at many different avenues and say oh, well, I'm going to attack Steve's question or I'm going to add to Steve's question based on this little research I've done in stoicism. You know, like I've seen some things that I like. I've been trying to live it. Let's bring that into it and see how the guest responds to it. So that's how I do it. I, I literally am playing when, when, when we're doing our podcast. I'm trying to look for the play element, you know, how to keep a conversation going, how to stimulate different areas of a guest so that even the guests can start to improvise a little bit because that's what good improvisation is, is you do something and another player hears it and he or she says, ooh, I love what he did. I'm going to add to that. And if you have a big enough band, it's like making candy when you were a kid. Remember that you know, you, that rock candy, it was just a liquid. And then the minute one nugget solidified, the rest of it would solidify. That's exactly what it is. Mm, that's very well explained. And, and I think a lot of people get into podcasting without really considering that. And you have a unique setup where there's two hosts normally talking to just one person. And I think in so many other um, podcasts that I've heard with that exact format, both both of the hosts are the Michael Jordan. They want to be the Michael Jordan. They want the ball. And it right. becomes noise and without really understanding this is what this person does this is what i do this is how i can add richness and you know more nuance to this conversation i don't think people ever really consider that and so i'm I'm curious was that something that was very obvious to you from the very beginning or was that something you learned after doing a few episodes well it's something i learned it as i was going along but what i was learning was how to implement it because I was always aware of it. I was always aware, you know, one, when Steve Steve called me and asked me if we should do a podcast together, and Steve had done all the heavy lifting. So I kind of knew going in, Steve was going to be the main host. Um, I just wanted to learn. I, I wanted to, I, I knew I wanted to do that, what I was just talking about, but I wanted to, I had to figure out how to implement it how to listen to it. Cause Steve and I did talk, there were some things we talked about um, using certain hand signals to, to know when, when a pause was coming, when I wanted to say something, you know, so we didn't step on each other's toes and things like that, because it's tricky because, you know, obviously there's these little delays and things like that. But the, the trick was I had this, this big idea of what, but the question was the how. How do I do that? How do I fit this in? And what it was is I, I just, um, I needed to learn how to really relax. And when I say that, I don't mean 
there was anything I was nervous about doing the podcast and that. It was just really finding that place where I could breathe, just relax and let it happen. And then the the openings, the openings will make themselves like you you will see. I will see and sense the opening of when to comment, when to shut up, what to add. So it was a little bit of both. It was a little bit of both. You know, it's it's like, yes, I want to do this, but how? How do I get to do that? If that answers your question. Yeah, it does. Do you feel like you accomplished that? The, the, the pair of you? Like, like in my perspective, as an outside force listening, I think you guys do a wonderful job of that. Would you, would you say the same thing? To a degree. And the only reason why I won't agree with it, the only reason why is every guest is different. <laughs> you know? It's not like it's not a you know you know for podcasting there's nothing etched in stone. It's a the the topics you want to talk about might be etched in stone. Where you're gonna go, you don't know, and the temperament of the guest. Because you know you can get guests who are really effusive and animated, and then you can get guests that are really just stoic and just yes, uh, no. Well, I did this when I was younger. No, not really. You get those kind of guests. And so it, it, as much as I understand what it is I'm trying to do, the thing that can throw it all out of whack is the guest, because each guest is just very fucking different. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. One of my favorite questions to answer or to ask, excuse me, on this podcast is what is one thing that you thought was very important in the beginning that now you no longer think is as important? Oh, what a great question. So say that, phrase it again. What's the one thing that I thought was important that is no longer important? Yeah. Well, when you started, you know, we talk about all kinds of things, hardware, software, the brass tacks of doing all this, the research, vetting your guests, um, you know, what platform you're going to record on, what mixer you're going to use. Like there's all these things that you have to consider when you're podcasting. And I think we all have a certain idea of like what we want the podcast to be. We think that Everybody, all of our friends are going to listen to every episode and they're going to share it with all their friends and we're going to be Joe Rogan in like three months, uh, which (laughs) doesn't happen. Um, And so we think certain things are important, but as we go along this process, with me especially, I noticed things I thought were really important. I don't even mess with at all anymore and I'm I'm focused on other things now versus what I was before. So, So yeah, the question is, what is something that you thought going in would be very important that over time you learn like, wow, this really doesn't matter all that much. Well, the being, being hyper vigilant in the beginning, and it might've been like a little nervousness, but just, you know, Steve would say like, did you, did you look at the notes? And, you know, I would read these notes and Steve would write these detailed notes on a Trello and I would look at the notes and then I would sit there and I would write notes from those notes and, and was really kind of intense and then I realized that, that that I don't need to fucking do that. Why am I doing that? Just read the notes. Some things will illuminate themselves. And then I'm a wellspring of information. So just relax and let it go. So I, I just, I went, when, when I used to get the Trello notes, and they were pretty long, and, and, and sometimes I would look at a Trello note and go, this is, I don't need to know this. I, this is, you know, but that I need to know. So, um. I became less serious and more playfulness in my approach to this. Because one, I think 
the guests might be even nervous when they come on. So if a guest is going to be nervous and I'm nervous, that's one of the quickest ways to screw up a communication. So if a guest understands and feels that I'm authentic and organic and and how I'm talking about or assisting in their topic, they relax and then they start talking more and more. It was a great experience when we talked to uh, Nicole Johnson, the the, the, um, bodybuilder, because I really felt it in talking to her, certain things she would bring up. And that's not to say she was nervous or anything like that, but um, I could sense, you know, she's the guest. There's a little, there's this, it's not a wall. I'm just, it's hard to describe, but it's like, how do I make people relax? And one of the best ways to make people relax is you relax yourself. And when you're relaxed, the questions will come out in a relaxed way. And then they will feel them as relaxed and organic. And then they relax. And then all of a sudden they're just talking and talking. So I got rid of in the beginning is in the beginning, it's funny you said, you know, be like Joe Rogan and all the podcasters that I would listen to. I was like, you know, Andrew Huberman. I was like, I'm dead serious because this is serious business, this podcasting stuff. And then you realize there's fucking 50 million podcasts out there. <laughs> People who are dead serious all the time. There's, I mean, obviously, there's some great podcasts out there. And I like to talk about Joe Rogan because I really like Joe Rogan. I know a lot of, he takes a lot of flack for all kinds of stuff, but I, I really, really, really like his podcast. Um, anyway, just to, to digress a little bit, I watch a Bill Maher podcast where he really lets his hair down. He looked like he, they, he had, um, well, I forgot the rapper's name on and they were like rolling blunts and you could tell Bill Maher was just totally fucked up. Wow. Goodness, he was <laughs> talking, he was talking different and, and I was like, wow, Bill. <laughs> but again, it, I, I got rid of the, I, I take the topic serious, but once once I have a grasp of the topic and, and I understand what we're going to be talking about, it's like, okay, you got that? Let's let it go. Now let's find the play. Where Where's the, who, who am I dealing with and how do I make them relax? And I, I'll tell you something I did. This might be a little bit of a digression, but real fast. Um, and I try to use this. My son, Tiago, him and I, we got into a little beef um, maybe two weeks ago. It was something I wanted him to do, and he didn't do it. And then when he walked away, I was really upset. But then I just I said, okay, wait a minute. Wait, wait. This is what I want. What does he want? What is he, what, how is he looking at the world? So what I did was I went and, and started listening to all this music from 1972. Because in 1972, I was 14. And I wanted to see if this music triggered whatever the fuck it was I was at 14 wanting and feeling. (laughs) So I started listening to all this music, and some of it really hit. But it made me look at Tiago very differently. Because, you know, as a parent, you're always telling kids what to do because it's what you want. And you don't really ask yourself, what is, what is my kid thinking about? What does he want? What is how is he looking at the world? I know how I look at the world. And so sometimes you gotta you gotta be in those shoes again so you can like relax a little bit. Like you could relax. You know, he's he's still developing, you know, I'm I'm on the death conveyor belt. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Wow. 
So it was to take the guests, take the guests seriously in the topics that they're bringing to people, but then shatter that seriousness in my approach so I can relax and and be as organic and genuine with the guests as so that the guests can relax. So what I got rid of that I, in the beginning was the seriousness. Yes, I will be Joe Rogan in an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Well, I just think there's a lot of really great advice in this conversation that applies not only to podcasting, but also to life. And I knew we'd be able to create something really special today. And I I think you guys have created something special. Again, I don't miss a single episode because I I really appreciate the time and care that you put into the episodes. I love the content. I love that it covers things that I may or may not think I'm that interested in, but you guys help me be interested in it. And so you guys have really found, um, a nice formula and I hope that it continues. I genuinely do. You guys have done a really good job and I really admire all the hard work that both of you have put into it. Um, if somebody wants to listen to your podcast, where can they find you in particular? If they want, I don't know why they'd want to find you, but um, where they can and, uh, find uh, you, why, oh, why you, um, well, where they can also find the podcast. Well, it's, if you just want to do the website, it's evolve um, hyphen cast.com. And we are on Podbean. We are on, Apple Podcasts, and if you want me, I'm wmiles.riley at Instagram, where I just post food. <laughs> it's, it's really good-looking food, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's like my passion now. And I, it's funny, because every time I cook something, I literally ask the question, <clears throat> what bleeds into the podcast that I'm doing right now? Like, if I'm looking at a recipe, like, how how does this transfer to podcasting? And, you know, nothing has come like what I'm doing it. There's like nothing seems to come. But that's not to say that something else is percolating mm. in some strange, unconscious way that'll bleed into the podcast. Yeah. So I'll be talking to somebody in a couple of weeks and this multi-berry cobbler that I make will find its way in another form. And I'll be talking about that. And people have no idea that he's talking about a multi-berry cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's twice you've mentioned it in this conversation. When you mention it again on your next conversation, that will be the third time I've been really hungry to try that cobbler. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Miles, this has been an amazing conversation. I have really loved and appreciated you as a friend over the years. You're somebody that I really trust and somebody that I knew if I needed something I could go to. And I, I know that you would be there for me. So thank you so much for all of I that. I feel the exact same way, Ruff. I've always loved you. I, you know what? How we first met. I, I'll never forget when I walked in the Lifetime, I was going to back with Skip Gannion and you and Russ was sitting at, at PT Desk 2. You were the first two people that I saw and I came out and had a, and then you and I, we just hit it off. It is. It has been a pleasure having you in my life. Yeah, I, I feel the I same way about like you. It was Thank past you so much. Still in my life. Still I in want life. to make that sound past tense. Yeah, still in life. Love that. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so very much for this awesome conversation and thanks for appearing with us today. We really appreciate you. Ralph, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Such an honor. Thank you for listening to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. Also, be sure to check out the show that made all of this possible. Boundless Body Radio, where we provide tons of helpful and informative content, feature incredible guests, and talk all about health and wellness. Cheers, and thank you for joining us on the How to Make a Podcast podcast.